A Great Discovery by Mrs. L.O. Just wanted to thank Adam and Harry for their great podcasts. I've really enjoyed listening to the variety of content. The advice and honest portrayals of starting and running a new business have been an inspiration. As I'm in the process of working my final few months of employment and preparing my startup, the podcast was a great discovery. Refreshing to see such generosity in sharing content. Lynn. And guys, if you want your review read out on a future show, don't forget to head over to your podcatcher of choice, hit five stars, and don't forget that plug. If you're in your own business, get it in there. Let's get into today's show. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 333 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Keller. Hey guys, and thanks for tuning in. If this is the first time you tune into this podcast, this is where me and Harry jump on the mics and share what it's truly like to build a business. We've gone from zero to 15 people, I think, right now. Um, bootstrapped it, consulting, raised a bit of angel funding, did a bit of venture capital, make loads of mistakes, and we're here to share those mistakes with you and hopefully help you avoid making the same ones that we've been making. Harry, what are we doing today? Today, Adam, we are covering your coaching session. I like the fact you didn't chuck the word life in front of that. So if anyone's new here, um, basically I'm on a, on a bit of a, a learning journey right now. Um, it's the first time I've ever managed more than six people. There's 15 people in the company right now. As the CEO, I'm trying to become the best CEO that I can. And just like any top athlete would, they'd go and get a coach. I think about it in exactly the same way. Um, we've just gone out, found a guy, introduction from one of my friends called Lee Wilcox, um, and have a performance coach now. So I tend to meet him uh, every week, worst case, every two weeks. Um, so what do you want to do? Do you want to go into the topics from my last session? Yeah. So I'm going to... Yeah, I mean, well, let, I, let me just set the scene by the way, because I think it was it like Monday, you were all... Uh, was it Monday? That doesn't feel right. Yeah, it must have been Monday, right? Mm-hmm. You were all like pepped up jazz tired but like energized and i couldn't tell whether you were like highly caffeinated or or something really peculiar was going on um but you like had a coaching session you were all pumped so yeah what got you so what's really interesting is if you'd seen me 12 hours sorry 12 hours previous to that i was sleeping um 24 (laughs) 24 hours previous to that i actually had a really shitty saturday and sunday so i Wedding anniversary last Friday, great Friday, great Saturday morning to afternoon. I clarified that. Yep. Pretty shitty weekend, (laughs) wedding anniversary. (laughs) Um, But when I kind of got back and got back into work mode, because I had Friday Friday off, so I kind of caught up stuff from Saturday evening a bit into Sunday. I just felt like really down, like like just a bit demotivated. So I started making loads of notes because I knew I had a coaching session on Monday. And to be honest, at this point, Sarah's like, I'm so fucking happy you've got a coaching session on Monday. She's actually seeing the value hmm. in me going and sort of going through the coaching. I kind of made loads of notes. And at, at the top of my notes, after my coaching session, I, I t- tried to spend an hour after the session to sort of like summarize what we've gone through, make the notes, try and get clear on it all. And I sort of like give it like a title now in terms of like what my key takeaways were from that coaching session. Um, it might be a nice little title for the podcast for you, Harry. I was hoping job for you'd you. give me that title. It's, Are you going to share the title? Yeah, I'm going to, man. <laughs> I'm just building it up. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Moving from a firefighter to a lifeguard. 
Like that. I got uh, a head nod, but I didn't get anything else out of you then. What's would, your initial thoughts when you uh, hear that? Um, so the metaphor being you're normally putting out fires, mm-hmm. but now, which it, so fires is, there's an emergency, the building's burning down. It's going to dive in and going to extinguish the flame. Problem mm-hmm. solved. Problem solved. Lifeguard implies that someone else has a problem. Mm-hmm. Someone else is drowning. You're going to dive in there and help them swim to safety. So rather than going in and solving problems yourself, you're going to go in and lift people up to help them save themselves. <laughs> I love all the hand gestures that's going on with right now. This is why this would need to be a video mm-hmm, podcast mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. all the gold that you drop in front of me that makes me smile. Um, yes and no is my answer to that in terms of... Son <laughs> of a bitch. Swing, <laughs> I thought I'd nailed that. No, to be honest, it, it, there might be some of that in there. The way that I'm thinking right now is as I move from sort of the seven person company up to the, we're now 15 people. I've really found that transition really difficult because I've hired people to, to be the, the doers of most activities mm-hmm. and that's freed my time up to a point that it's a little bit uncomfortable in terms of what the fuck are you actually meant to do? Twiddling your thumbs now, aren't you? No, and yes, to be honest, it's, I'm really, really comfortable coming in and seeing seven problems in the company and just be like, fucking cool, I'm busy today. There's all this shit going on that I need to fix. Go in, fix, 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 fix. Like that's mm-hmm. where I'm just like comfortable. That's my comfort zone. Like in the fire, as the, like coming in and knowing I'm a great firefighter, come in, fix problems, fix problems. The transition to lifeguard for me is sort of more of cool. I'm sort of like watching over the company. There's not always a problem. When a firefighter is on duty and he's out the building, like he's, he's putting out a fire. Mm-hmm. For me, the the sort of like image that comes to my head is I'm kind of now sitting on the edge of the pool and I'm sort of like going, okay, I can see the company. And now I'm starting to do the, the CEO air quotes activities, which is like, like making sure that everything's going well, making sure that people are in their lanes, making sure that the kid's not diving into the deep end and he's unable to swim, like all that shit. That's the stuff that I'm doing. And I actually find it really, really difficult because- That sounds like a better scenario to be in though. prevention better than a cure 100 percent. but that's the transition that we're going through in the business right now that i don't feel comfortable in because it feels like i'm being unproductive so what we kind of got to in the coaching session which was i actually feel fairly demotivated right now in the business because i'm not seeing either a fire be put out or the same rate of results that i'm used to i've hired alan as our business development manager he can't close as well as me fact Mm but I need to train him to be able to go and close. So the results, the the only thing that I'm really used to seeing is two things in the company, community growth and revenue. And community growth, fine, but revenue is my my bread and butter. It's what keeps us alive. It's it's how I measure the business. And that's slowing down right now because I'm having to hire people and train Mm -hmm. compared to do the work myself. And because I'm not seeing those instant results and having that, that dopamine kick of that, close a deal cool revenue goes up month on month growth because I'm not seeing that now because I'm having to train people to do it I've really struggled to stay motivated the last probably four six weeks it kind of crunch time was it for me it was last weekend at the point of recording this so brought all this up like dumped this on the table for the first 10 minutes of the coaching and he was like Whew, okay <laughs> like we're gonna need a double hour for like, where do we start um, 
And sort of the punchline of it was, as as a company grows, the, the role of the CEO from going like, if you're a solo founder now and this feels like, oh, not 15 people, your role will naturally change over time as you bring people into the business. And you need to, one, his feedback was making sure that I'm, I'm focusing on the stuff that I want to focus on. Don't build a picture of a CEO up in your head that's a CEO does this. Not true. A CEO plays their strengths and then builds the organization around them, one thing. But secondly is I have to build measuring sticks within the business that will allow me to understand the areas like culture that we're trying to develop. Um, I call it engine management, which is key performance of, of the people. So like you now have much more measurable KPIs. Mm. So as we've gone through this, what I've got to do now is rather than just measuring the business in sort of these two KPIs, which is like community growth and revenue, I need to actually work out how I measure other areas of the business in a more qualitative way so I can get this sort of same dopamine kick of the business is progressing. Because if I only measure it on revenue, we end up closing lots of business and breaking the system. Like we have to... I have to grow up as a as a CEO and work out if I sit at my desk for two hours and I'm listening to the business and what's going on and then I start to refine it, fine tune, feel like there's something going on over there, potential HR issue over there, this person isn't hitting their results, why? And then having measurements within the business that allows me to know actually, what have I done this week and how has it made an impact? that's what's missing right now. So the, the whole session was around how do I how do I keep myself motivated with what feels like softer activities in the business? So what was his advice then? As he consults his notes? We didn't really get onto the how we build the measuring sticks up because the one thing we had to do is understand as a CEO, what do I actually want to be doing? So if I have to build up my role... What do I personally think my responsibilities are within the company? So there's five things. So culture, one of them. Second one is cash flow. And when I talk about cash flow, I'm talking about revenue, as in sales, turnover, or investment. So we've raised venture capital in the past. So just making sure there's enough money in the business to have the right resources to sort of deliver on what we're trying to achieve. Next one is future-proofing. Uh, what that comes down to is educating the team, human resources, hiring, all that good stuff, making sure we have the right people in the right place to do the right thing sort of thing. Next one I call engine management. And it's because in one of our earlier coaching sessions, he says one of the responsibilities of a CEO is to listen to the business and sort of like, actually, like that piston's not firing well. Go in and fix that mm. because a CEO shouldn't be doing the work. They should be, if you've got 20 people and you can make every one person 5% more efficient, you've just achieved another full person's output 20 times 500 you've just got a new person to the business for free by doing your job correctly so engine management and then the last one was for me was a little bit of a softer one but um personal brand means a lot to me in terms of i've, I've wrapped myself up entirely up into expert trades and in my head it's expert trades mm. it's adam callow is the founder of expert trades where i want it to become adam callow's a ceo he runs expert trades so it's working out what personal brand is 
how I and then how I build it. So activities like the podcast and activities like the vlog and bits like that will help then build the personal brand, which will then add value to the business that I run. So they're the five things. So we went into each one of those and tried to work out my activity now is trying to work out a measuring stick for each one of those. So I've got to kind of zoom into one area uh, and then think about actually like how do you measure culture? Mm. And that's like really hard. Like if I said to you, like how, how do you actually understand the changes that we're making in a business? How is it impacting culture? You don't know. No, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, (laughs) it's very, uh, woolly to say the least Mm -hmm. it's just I guess it's one of the things where you just feel it like you know when something's not right or something's amiss like when someone joins the team and it's like the question is are they a good culture fit well there's no like well yes because he's done this and done that or but it's just like "Mm, vibe is in the office now new member doesn't fit and and that's the exact thing that I'm struggling with is what I've realised is I'm very binary like I just like yes and no's like are we winning? Yes or no? Is this going well? Yes or no? I like to A, B test stuff and go, let's try seven things. And this is actually a really interesting point that just that I just remind myself of. I like to test seven things and fail very quickly at six, find a winner and then double down. My fear right now is all this coaching and all this thinking <laughs> is like, I can't test it in a short period of time. In terms of if I go, actually, culture is really important, and here's what I think I need to do to develop the culture here at Expert Trace. And then I spend months doing it because it's going to take months three, six, nine, 12 months to start to get the feedback of is this working? That scares the shit out of me because it, I think I sent an email to the team like now the decisions that I make, it's not like a canoe. I'm, we're, not, we're no longer mm. a canoe and really agile and we can move. It's like if I set, the, if I set my time and pull resource from the company and set us on that path and I find out six months later that was the wrong decision like that could fucking put us out a bit uh, the extreme version of it that could put us out a bit like it's like trying to turn the Titanic like we can't do it anymore my biggest fear right now but would you be making as big a decision as as that and allow it to go on for that long that it would put the business out. No, put us out the, of business. The the extreme version of it is put us out of business. But the reality is is we'd lose so much time, and time is not something that we have as a small business. In terms of those five things I just read out, he's asked me to then start to understand what percentage of my time am I going to spend on each one. I wrote down twenty percent on culture. That doesn't sound like much. That's one full day a week. It might be two hours a day but just thinking about culture. And I, I guess, why are you spending a day on culture as well? Like fair, fair enough, obviously for trying to, you're going to spend a day on culture. Okay, you've probably not got that nailed down exactly what that looks like yet. But like, why have you allocated 20% of your time on culture? Can, if you've got all these other things, why, yeah. why don't you just give it 5%? Because I feel like with everything you're doing with coaching, it's mm-hmm. more, and you're on about investing all this time for something that might be going down the wrong path or whatever. It feels like so long, it's more of like an awareness thing. Like as long as you're always considering these things, it's not necessarily about, it's just about knowing that every decision decision that you make, you consider these five different things and if it's going in the right direction for the company. Two things. Firstly, 
I I paused a lot when we started speaking about culture thing because I'm like really struggling with it. Mm. I kind of wrote down like what's important to me. And there might be this overlap of two of these pillars, which is the engine management, which is like refining the team, making sure everyone's everyone's optimized and everyone's happy is how I sort of like think about engine management and culture. But in terms of how does it actually play out in terms of what I do, I don't know. I just have no idea. I just know that building building a workplace where my my team feel happy and like they are, they're coming in like I I don't ever take it for granted that people are choosing to build their career here at Expert Trades. The question that my coach would then ask me because I've gone through enough, he's like, "That is a great statement, but what are you doing within the organization?" to show that appreciation back to your team. Like if I don't take my team mm-hmm. for granted and I want them to come in to work and enjoy this company and they believe in the mission that we're on, like what are the actions that the CEO is taking to make people feel that? So that is like the 20% of what are you doing? It might be 5%, it might mm-hmm. be 50, whatever the number is. Like I've got to work this out because I don't know my activities off this. I drew it down 20% because it just felt right because there's five things. <laughs> there's five things on Let's the list. Call it a Monday. <laughs> but that's sort of like, that kind of gives an insight to what the coach is then saying. Is like, if this is important and you believe it's important and the way that I speak about it, he believes in, he believes that I, he believes that I believe it. What am I doing about it because if it's just a belief but it's internal who gives a fuck like no one else knows because then what will happen is Mm. seven months later someone will leave and then it will shock me because i'm like yeah but we're building a really cool place here and we're trying to make it good and it's like yeah but your actions haven't reflected that so it's actually like if these are the five things that are important to me what am i doing about it is probably the bigger question and way to Mm. think about it so yeah that's that was 45 minutes of the session and then do you want me to do you want me to talk about just the whole session in general mm-hmm. or just focus on that yeah give it the whole thing so I guess but before I, before I move on is I'll bring back to the podcast what I'm learning in this area because I feel like I've kind of just gone very macro and not really given anything tangible I feel like you've, you've it sounds like you left this coaching session with more questions than answers 100% however Whereas as you, you pointed out motivated yeah, because I came away thinking that correct. If I'm just measuring it on these two numbers, I'm not going to be happy because there'll be stages in the business where I have to. We have to take a slow quarter because we grow, we move office, we whatever we're doing, we refine our process, mm-hmm. we improve whatever. I have to think more holistically about the whole health of the company, like the machine. How is it doing in general? Like, are we going the right direction? Is the vision clear? Like that softer stuff is what I'm I'm learning now. But I'll I'll try and answer some of these questions. I've a bunch of like homework to do, which is look at the areas, what the activities, what do my what are my beliefs, and how do I bring those activities into the company to then make actions, make things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring that back on the podcast. I, I guess this is probably an interesting show for people to listen to because. This is literally like what's going on in my head right now. Um, and it's not, I haven't got an answer. It's just the, the fucking truth. Like this is where we are. Um, and then the next thing uh, that I wanted to spend 15, 20 minutes on at the end of the session was just generally, um, 
best way I can put it, and, and I know that members of the team listen to the podcast, but uh, frustrations of mine and tools to fix them, I guess is the, the easiest way for me to sort of summarize it is... What do you mean? Like we have some really smart people in this team. And sometimes I feel like people are coming to me and trying to validate all the work, all the hard work I know they're doing and having me solve a problem that I think they can solve themselves. That, by the way, the book stops with me because I haven't empowered the person to make them feel like they can make the decision. Yeah, I was going to say, I think some of that's down to like ownership. Yep. In a sense, like, like ultimately it's still your company. So like if, if, if for example, someone feels like something is a big decision, it's only when someone's like, no, it's, this is me that makes a decision and it's my mm-hmm. responsibility, they'll make the decision. But because it's like, the, like it, it's like any, anything that's to do with anything that you, that you, Adam, own, I wouldn't make final decisions on anything, whether it was like getting your car cleaned or anything mm-hmm. like that, because it's not, it'd be good. like, for example, if, if you said to me, go get my car cleaned, I'd ask you where do you want it cleaned. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take it to somewhere where I would necessarily go. <laughs> Not that I take my car anywhere, but I would. I would ask you where do you want it to be cleaned, as opposed to just going and getting that task done mm-hmm. and coming back with a clean car because it's your car. Do you know what I mean? Does that analogy sort of makes sense. No, no, your analogy one hundred percent makes sense. Uh, I guess where my head goes to it's. Yeah, actually kind of, as you were speaking about it, when you went, go get my car cleaned, it made me think about what Richard Chappell said in terms of like, we're going to Paris. Mm. And like, do you tell the, do you tell the people which, how you get in there, get a cab to here, get on the Eurostar, whatever it's called. Like, it feels like people are still asking me, what, what taxi yep. do I get? Yep. And I might like, just get us to fucking Paris. Uh, and what's happening, and we really zoomed into this, we went over we went over on the coaching session because he could sense it's a big frustration. And don't get me wrong, you, for me, I always have to look in the mirror. There's something that I'm doing that isn't empowering that person. I, that's generally how I am. And what I've realized is what's happening is as we've grown responsibilities within the company and people's own responsibilities, the areas that they have been doing extremely well for a year, two years, three years, and they've got a new responsibility that new responsibility is new and I fully expect them to be asking me lots of questions as they go through that learning that learning curve. It kind of comes back to this situational leadership is you can't manage someone the same way based on all their activities. E.g. I no longer have to tell you anything to do with video production. Mm-hmm. You're way better at it than I ever, ever was and ever will be. I just have to say, Harry, just make it look good. That's literally my mm. management style with you when it comes to video. However... You are, that's one of your activities. One of your other activities is you're now a new manager. I have to spend a lot of time with you Mm. now. Actually, here's the stuff that you need to be thinking about. Here's the mistakes that I've made. And then you'll be asking me lots of questions. You're the same person, but how I manage you in each of those two situations is very, very different. So it kind of comes back to one of my very first coaching sessions, which was all about that situational leadership. And when you add more responsibilities into someone, what tends to happen, which I'm just learning, is even the stuff they're really good at, oh, because you've added this new work into their day-to-day that's caused them doubt or the need to ask for clarification, 
we then spend more time together on this clarification piece of new work. And then what happens is all the questions that you have from the existing work bleed into it because we've got time together. Mm. Does that make sense? I'll give an example, yeah. which isn't a real example. Uh, let's just say Alison, my mum, does our accounts and she's been doing our management accounts for the last three years. All of a sudden, let's say I'm asking her to do our research and development tax claim and we're spending an hour a week together on it, example. Mm-hmm. We then go through and she's like, oh, okay, so for the, re- for the research development, I need to know this, I need to know this, I need to know this. And then during that same time together, she's saying, on the MAs, what do you think about that? Is that okay? Mm. What do you-? And she's asking me all this shit that I know she knows, but just because we're spending time together and she's asking it, I think internally, and it might be the, me being cynical, she's asking me to sort of say, oh, no, no, don't, I know I'm asking you all these questions here, but don't forget I do all this good work. That's, and that might be wrong, but it's kind of like, I know my shit, I'm just asking about this new stuff. And it's sort of like this, and that's where my head's at right now. Yeah, I'm not sure that's exactly right. I 100% on, agree. Yeah. But that's, that's I think where frustration is. I think it's more, it's more just because people can ask something. Yeah, and I think... Be, like, cause, like, but that's it, what it, frustrates it, me. In that, in that example... Because I feel like um, I haven't done my job properly. I feel like... The stuff that you've been doing for two years, why are you all of us? Why are you still asking me the same question three times? Uh, is the question being asked three times, or is it just being brought up in conversation because that's something else that they happen to be doing? And it's like, oh, by the way, this thing that I'm doing at the moment, you know how we always do this with it, and like, is it just coming up in conversation, or is it like actually like, Adam, this task that I already do, I need for some reason need to ask you how to do it again. Good question. Don't know. <laughs> it sounds no. like it sounds like you could be hearing something and getting frustrated, thinking that it's something else. But um, maybe I'm I'm pausing because I don't want to be blase about it because I'm, I'm, I haven't thought about it like that. So, like, it, like it, it could there could be a genuine frustration I'm, there because of certain things, and maybe there are situations where it is like you've got this, you don't need to ask me about it, but it. That that could be mixing with other statements made by people mm-hmm. that you're perceiving as the same. Oh, Give yeah. me some help on no, this. No, it's, it's a really like it's a really insightful question. Weirdly, because it's got me thinking. Because I actually, asked it. That's weird. That's why. One hundred percent. It's weird. It's like watching a cat. <laughs> you don't ask bark. questions like that, Harry. Watching a cat bark. It's just mental. Sweat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <It's wet>. um, <laughs> And I 100% know, by the way, in the last five minutes, I probably sound like a bit of a dickhead, but that's honestly what is going on in my head sometimes where it's, you know the answer, just either get to the punchline and ask me the question and don't give me the 30-minute preamble to how you got to this this point mm. uh, or why are you not making this decision yourself already? I haven't empowered you to the point where you feel like you can do this. The truth of the matter is, is yes, it's my car that you're taking to the car wash. As long as you don't fucking write it off, I don't care, okay? That's literally, to go back to your analogy, mm-hmm. is I don't care where you take my car to the car wash. Oh, by the way, Harry's never fucking taken my car <laughs> to the car wash. Like, this is not a real thing that happens within the business. I don't send people out to go and clean my car. But you what, hire someone. <laughs> what I want someone to, if we're gonna go down that analogy, which I actually really like, is I don't want people thinking they need to ask me where to take the car to get cleaned. All I want to do is know that the car's going to be back when I need it and it's going to be clean. Simple. I need to make sure that I... What if it ended up in a different color when it came back though? 
Are we really no, going no, down I'm, this I'm still trying to use that analogy, but like the car's clean, yep. but it's now gray instead of white. Okay, so... Or the interior change, like the, I don't know. Maybe we're just getting in the, the weeds of the, it. The but, car's a hard example because I, th- like, I, th- I think <laughs> the con- I've got a new car and you fucked it. I'm like, yeah, a bit touchy. I think the there's still a concern in this in the scenario where you're saying, like, I don't mind, I don't care how you get there, just get it done, sort of thing. But I think the person who's there making that decision is then thinking, well, oh, cool, so I, I can I can achieve the goal that we're trying to achieve, but I'm not sure if the results are exactly what you want. Like the car's clean, but the leather's now changed color. Like it's like you, the car. You yeah. Know, so like I changed the bodywork instead of cleaning the bodywork. So I think what the, I think what the what the real question there is is, as long as we understand what the outcome we're trying to achieve is, then does it matter how you get there? Mm. As in, if let's just say. Let's try and pick a non because it feels like very destructive around a car. It's a big, it's a big thing. <laughs> let's just say, let's say I want a hundred tickets sold to our Christmas party. Yep. Okay. I want a hundred tickets sold by the thirty first of October. I don't care how, as long as a hundred tickets. I don't care if you make a thousand phone calls, send out two hundred thousand text messages, or spend five hundred pounds on Facebook ads. Like, however you get it done, just get it done using using your common sense and the ability and trust I have in you, just get that get that job done. What would happen internally right now, I believe, is three hundred questions would come up about how to do it. I th- agree. The, the problem that I've got because they're like, well, can I do discounts? Can I what like you be the like even for me instinctively, but like, well, what what are the parameters I can work within? Yeah, cool. And that is that is absolutely fine. Because we spoke about this yesterday in terms of like creating a brief for like a piece of work mm. for your department. If we don't give you a brief, you don't do the work. Simple as that. Like there's processes to build in. So it's making sure that we spend enough time together to agree on the outcome we're trying to achieve. And here's the here's the the deal breakers. Here's what you can and you mm-hmm. can't do. Outside of that, I don't care. Okay. So is that is that the missing thing then? Because I feel like that's literally one hundred percent. There's, and, there's a lack of there's a lack of clear communication at the start that you've got all this to play with you've got all these waxes to clean the car I don't care which ones you yeah. use just get it clean 100% and if you take me back all the way to day one of why I started performance coaching two things become a better communicator and become a better CEO to support my team so I think there is there is a there's a journey that I've got to go on now in terms of educating the team on how we communicate with each other and the level of risk we can take as individuals within the company and there be no repercussions. Like if it fails and does not put us out of business, it's not the end of the world. What did we fucking learn? Cool, great, move on. Like that's mm-hmm. what we need to get to. Because people, I think what people don't see is I fail so fucking often but because I'm fairly insular in terms of the stuff that I do in the company, like it's fairly like I'm on an island and I do a lot of it on my own mm. because it doesn't impact other people. They don't see all the tests, the fails, the pictures that don't go. They don't see all that, but I fail all the time. The thing is, is I learn and we move on. I want to then educate the team that that's okay. Like I would rather you take the risk. Cat was a great example. Like, I'll go, I'll go, I hope, hope she doesn't mind. But in the last three months, Kat has been a different person in this company. 
because we had a very honest conversation and she was like she was asking me every, everything and this this whole thing isn't about cat because i think the last three months she's done extremely well mm. but three months ago she asked me everything like everything we had a conversation i'm like cat i said i hired you because you're smart like when you did your internship like you were just a killer you were smart and i feel like you've got two more gears left in the tank and that frustrated her i could tell had to have that conversation and i said cat i said here's here's the rules here's what i want you to achieve and as long as it doesn't put out put us out of business or you're not spending i think it was 200 pounds on an individual campaign without mm-hmm. speaking to me go and do what you need to do she has just fucking smashed it like that's few yeah. months. she's just and I, I think actually the team has seen probably a different person she's just owned her shit given people grief when it hasn't mm. when they haven't done their stuff according <laughs> to her plan amazing like really positive yeah. friction in the company so the stuff that and i only had that conversation with cat because i raised it in my coaching session because i'm like i think i'm making a fucking mistake here i've hired someone who is an a player who is smart but she's acting like a c player that has to be my fault what have i done and then we just diagnosed it mm-hmm. and it was sort of like okay and here's the tool set here's what you have to do and here's the options and then you go and make the decisions yourself so that's sorry to go on but that's sort of like where i am in terms of the business then the final thing i'll drop on which is as the coach does he sort of says well how have you taught your team to problem solve and i'm like oh it's another thing i haven't done (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like it was like there is a four-step problem-solving thing, like a process for problem-solving that solves everything. He says, and what you need to do is teach your team to do it. And then over time, what you'll find is they'll stop coming to you with step one, and then everyone will come to you, and they're already on stage two, and then they're already on stage three, and they're already on stage four, and then you empower them to make decisions, and then they'll never come to you with a problem unless it's a real fire. So, four simple stages. Firstly, what's the problem? And you literally verbalize that. You come to me, I go, and you go, Adam, da, 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 I've got these things. Mm. I need to do this, and I get, and I'm gonna wind it. I'm gonna wind it all back and go. Okay, what's the problem? And you go. Let's take Matt. Um, Matt comes to me and goes, uh, "We've got a problem. This person hasn't paid his website subscription. What do you want me to do?" But what we've done in that situation, we've just jumped to me making a decision, and I know he's smart enough to make the decision mm-hmm. himself. So now what I I do is I'd say, uh, "Okay, Matt, what's the problem? Hasn't paid his website subscription. What's the cause?" And then. I think at this point, Matt would be like, what do you mean, what's the cause? He just hasn't paid his website subscription. But why hasn't he paid his website subscription? Have we spoken to him as, a, as an example? Uh, no. Let's find out the cause of the problem. Let's find out, uh, is it our system that's failed? Like, is it Stripe that hasn't taken the payment correctly? Mm-hmm. Has he got no funds? Is he out of business? Like, is he on hard times? What is the cause? Because we have to know the cause of the problem in order to make the right recommended solution. So we find out the cause. And we go actually, um, he's uh, he's just been hit on a large contract and he's just on his arse right now. Um, happy with his website, but he just he's just winding down his marketing. Mm-hmm. So then stage three is what are the solutions? So brainstorm three. F- give me five things that we could do right now for this person. And like he might go, uh, let's just well, we've got to turn his website off because it's a cost to the business. And I go okay, great. Uh, Give me three more options. And he'll be like, okay, what do you mean? Uh, well, if you had to give me three options, what would they be? Uh, turn his website off, um, give him a discount, or give it him free for a few months until he gets back on his feet. Cool, Matt. 
Um, what's your personal recommended solution now you've got all the information that you need to do? Uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, do that, uh, mm-hmm. probably we should uh, we should give it him <laughs> kill it. We should give it him for we should give it free. He's been a website mm-hmm. for two years. Um, it's not a huge cost of business for three months. Let's show some goodwill, get him back on his feet, uh, and then keep him as a happy customer. Cool, I agree. If you're happy with that solution, crack on. So what we've done then is verbally walk through problem, cause, solution, recommended solution. And what I'm going to be doing in the company in the next sort of like few months is every time something comes onto my desk, I'm going to have to slow down and go, okay, cool. What's the problem? What's the cause? What's the solution? What do you recommend? So eventually the team come to me with a, what's what the coach called bluff, which is a bottom line up front conversation, which is a summary of website payments failed, guys out of business, thought about the options. Here's what I recommend. What do you think? And we've just shortened all this down and made the thinking process of that person. So then the next time it happens, they never come to me again with it because they roll through that four-step process. And because I've heard them and I've heard their recommended solutions and I've agreed, you build this muscle memory and this trust of, I can I can work this problem out myself compared to going and speaking to my line manager. And that's the, that's the thing that I'm going to be rolling out soon. Well, now. Yeah, and you you also solve that by them knowing what they can what that that, that you're okay with either in that scenario, for example, shouldn't it down, yep. giving it away for free, giving a disc, whatever it might be. Yeah, because I give feedback on yeah. that. If let's just say it's uh, oh we shut it down, um, this isn't true. If you're a website of ours, <laughs> I'm not saying that you can just not pay. <laughs> um, but as an example, I might go no, Matt, we never do that. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, okay, cool. I've just learned the boundary. Uh, cool. So then all of a sudden, in every decision-making process we've got in the future, he knows that as a company, we never do X. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, if he has two options, X or Y, he knows we never do X. He can just make the decision himself with no doubt because he can come to me and I go, well, why, do, why do we do this? Because as a company, we never do X. Okay, cool. Makes sense. That's the mm-hmm. the journey I'm trying to put people on. It was just funny because he was like, well, how have you taught your people to problem solve? And I literally felt myself just sink into my chair. I'm like, for fuck's sake, it's not another Is problem. it because at that moment you realize that you've got no answer that he's going to be happy with? I've, I've, I've just got no answer. You're already like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you be the CEO. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but um, yeah, I've just, I, I just had no answer. And th- this, I've actually... I'm sorry, guys, if you listen to this, you think this is absolute waffle. I've really enjoyed this conversation so far because this is literally what is going on inside the business right now. Like we are going through a transitional stage and I am learning and I want I want the listeners to learn with me. But some people might listen to this at like minute 30 and be like, you sound like a right dickhead right now. Fine, don't care. Like this is genuinely, I am getting frustrated with certain things and I'm going to voice them because I know it's my fault. We have really smart people. We have good, well-intent, well-intent, well-intended, high intent, good intent, people with great intent. <laughs> people are in in the company. I'll <laughs> <laughs> leave you on that one. <laughs> uh, we've hired some great people, and it's <laughs> it's on me to get the most out mm-hmm. of them. So. And please, whatever you do, just go and clean the Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, let's leave it there. Guys, if you've got a question, if you just want to send an email, you want to say how do you do, 
you want to ask Adam, you want to tell Adam to wind his neck in or you've got any feedback, thoughts or concerns or anything else, email it in. It's startupdiary at nbs.fm. We're we're here. We're always waiting. (laughs) (laughs) I love leaving Harry on that bit because he naturally Uh, looked over to me just so I can uh, close the show off. So I'll do that for you now. I would would finish it with just like a bye and see you later. Whereas I know you like to add a little bit. But I like to come on with a little bit more. Sprinkle a little bit of magic. I think the truth of the matter is if you've listened to this this if you've show, listened, if you've got this far in this episode, thank you so much for listening, and guys. Have- don't forget to hit subscribe. <laughs> don't forget to leave a five-star review. And if that's everything from me and everything from you, Harry, we'll speak to our listeners next time. Bye.